Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to get sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and I'm your host. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tonight, we have a very special story that's perfect for Halloween season we'll be visiting an old Victorian mansion on a hill on a dark and stormy night. While this story doesn't have any jump scares and is still designed to help you fall asleep, some listeners may find it a little bit eerie. It has a similar level of eeriness as our previous Halloween stories, like Night of the Full Moon, the Corn Maze, the Night Carnival, and the Count's Castle. So, if you enjoyed those, you should like this one too. This beautifully crafted tale was written by Shady Grove. She adores the Halloween season, as I'm sure is quite evident in the delightfully mysterious storyline of tonight's episode so I really hope you enjoy listening. And if you're one to celebrate it, then I wish you a happy Halloween. Before we begin, let's get settled in, so that we're cosy and relaxed, ready to welcome the dreamy pull of sleep whenever it comes your way. If you need to adjust your position in bed so that you're more comfortable, feel free to do so. And when you're ready, close your eyes and just begin to tune into your body. Allow the breath to flow naturally as it has done all day long whether you've noticed it or not. Now is a good time to notice it, to pay attention to the motion of the breath as it softly comes and goes. Use the breath to anchor yourself in the moment to bring a greater sense of relaxation and calm. However you're feeling right now, just let that gentle inhale and exhale guide you towards rest. And while you do, just listen to my words for the next few moments. Because I want you to know three facts about yourself 
and to hear and absorb them without any doubt. Fact 1. You are the only person capable of bringing every unique beauty and quality you possess to this world. Fact 2. You are an undeniable piece of this world, and you deserve to feel that you belong, because you truly, truly do. And fact three, because of facts one and two, you are loved and cherished by the world, and you ought to love and cherish yourself too. I know that this show is here to help you sleep, but I also recognize the weight that my words can hold sometimes. So, if you needed to hear that tonight, I hope it's helped. Spend a final moment focusing on your breathing, drawing the air slowly in, and softly releasing it back out. And now that we're settled, it's time to travel into the world of tonight's tale on an overcast autumn evening. Storm clouds are building overhead as the car you're in rumbles down the highway. This is where our story begins. You're in the car, following the road to the outskirts of town. You're on your way to Sleepy Hill Manor, an old home perched atop a little hill not far from here. It's the perfect place to spend a quiet autumn weekend away from the demands of everyday life. You've never been out this way before, and had never heard of Sleepy Hill Manor until recently, when your friend invited you to come for a few days. It was a strange series of events that led to the invitation your friend told you. One day, they'd been sitting at home, when they heard a knock at the door. A man in a suit was on the doorstep, with a small wooden box in his hands. When asked, the man explained that your friend was the apparent heir of an old Victorian home, located on a sprawling hilltop estate. It had been left by a very distant relative, someone your friend had never met. Inside the box was a heavy, ornate bronze key, the key to Sleepy Hill Manor. Your friend and the man agreed the key would be held in the care of the resident groundskeeper, and your friend would be welcome to visit the property whenever they'd like. It did, after all, belong to them now. 
So they got in touch and asked if he'd like to join them for an autumnal getaway to Sleepy Hill Manor. It didn't take much to persuade you, and before you knew it, you'd packed your bags and were on the road. The rhythmic sound of the car lulls you into a kind of trance. You're still paying attention to where you're going, of course, but you allow yourself the space to really take in your surroundings. Autumn leaves blanket the ground on either side of the winding road. A few specks of yellow and orange dot the pavement, like flecks of paint on a black canvas. The sky overhead is moody and dark. Stormy weather, you think to yourself. You're excited to see what Sleepy Hill Manor looks like. Your friend told you they'd only seen a single exterior photo of the place. A beautiful, old Victorian home with towers, gabled roofs, and bay windows to spare. You almost feel it isn't fair that you'll get to see it for the first time before your friend does, especially since they are the rightful owner now. They sent you a message this morning to let you know they'd been delayed. They'll be arriving tomorrow, just in time for breakfast, instead of tonight. It means the first night at Sleepy Hill Manor will be yours and yours alone. The road before you narrows, becoming more of a country lane. It still winds upwards, climbing the hill gently but purposefully. You feel as though you're being carried along to another reality. A secret hideaway, not too far from town, but removed from the concerns of the world. Soon, you arrive at a wrought iron gate. Opening the car window, you spot a small button attached to what looks like a speaker. You press it and hear a faint crackling in reply. Almost instantly, the gate swings open. I suppose that means I'm in the right place, you think to yourself. Slowly, you inch the car forwards, through the gate and into a gravel parking area. Your tires crunch to a halt as you pull a car into a space beneath the golden-leafed boughs of a jacaranda tree. If it were spring or summer, you know the tree above you would be bursting with purple flowers nestled among bright green leaves. But autumn has brought its dusky palette to the grounds of Sleepy Hill Manor. Stepping out of the car with your bag, you notice a few of the jacaranda's fern-like clusters of leaves on the ground. 
you pick one up, gently brushing your fingertips along the rib, similar to a stem, feeling the tiny leaves fan beneath your skin. It's similar to running your fingers up a feather or along the side of a zipper. Moving your fingers back to the bottom of the rib, you hold them in place and pull the rib quickly downwards. The leaves detach, remaining pinched between your fingertips in a tiny bouquet. You drop the now barren rib to the ground and then release the rice grain leaves, watching as they flutter delicately down to join it. Like tiny performers spinning and leaping their way off stage at the end of a ballet, before coming to rest in the quiet darkness behind the curtains. You take a deep breath of the cool evening air. It's brisk with a touch of humidity. As you breathe, you detect the complex scents that mark this season. There's the smell of decomposing leaves mixed with damp wood and soil. There's a cold freshness, no flowers or pollen, just bare branches and quiet garden plots. And behind it all, there's a hint of wood smoke, aromatic and familiar. Turning to find the source of the wood smoke, you notice a small cottage at the edge of the property, near the gate. Standing just outside is an older man wearing a flat cap and an olive-colored knit vest. He nods to you when your eyes meet, and you make your way over to him. Perhaps this is the groundskeeper, you muse, and your suspicion turns out to be correct. A man of few words, he introduces himself brusquely and presents you with the large bronze key. You take it and thank him feeling its cold weight in the palm of your hand. He nods in the direction of the manor, just down the gravel drive beyond a nearby cluster of trees. It's obscured by the autumn foliage, but you gather it's only a few minutes' walk. Everything's been prepared for your stay, he tells you. There's firewood in each room, and the beds have been made. He's also lit an oil lamp in the room you'll be sleeping in. The house has electricity now, he says, but the previous owner liked the ambience of the older furnishings. You imagine you will, too. As you part ways, the caretaker reaches over and taps your arm. Storm's coming, he says, looking up to the sky and then towards the manor. And blustery nights make for strange sounds in an old house like that. 
It could be a mere observation, but there's a small part of you that wonders if there's a gentle warning there too. Then he turns on his heels and walks into his cottage, closing the door with a clunk. With his words lingering in your mind, you make your way up the gravel drive to Sleepy Hill Manor. Just ahead of the caretaker's cottage, the drive curves sharply to the right. You pass beneath the hanging boughs of a large, scraggly tree. As you step into its shadow, the temperature seems to drop. You pull your jacket more tightly around you and move quickly back into the dimming light. The gravel slides beneath your shoes. It's a satisfying sound that makes you think of those sweeping gothic tales set in large old houses, not unlike this one. You smile briefly. Perhaps this is the beginning of your very own night of intrigue, you think. As you walk the last few steps up to the house, you begin composing the story in your head. Of course, it begins with, It was a dark and stormy night. You hear a rumble of thunder in the distance, as though the weather has been tasked with adding a soundtrack to your musings. You continue. A solitary traveler walks up the long and lonesome drive to the house where it all began. As you finish that thought, Sleepy Hill Manor appears in your view for the very first time, right on cue. The rest of your imagined story flutters from your mind as you take it in with awe the sight before you. Sleepy Hill Manor is breathtakingly beautiful and mysterious, you think. Its wine-red exterior blends in with the long evening shadows and is punctuated by black and gold trim. Rounded turrets and angular towers jut up from various corners of the house, complemented by enormous bay windows and countless smaller windows that dot the exterior. The roofs are steeply pitched, and a large covered porch shrouded in darkness sits at the front to greet you. A set of thick steps leads up to a round keyhole-style entrance to the porch. Beyond the round entry, tones of cherry and slate fade to black near the door. Above this, on the second floor, you see a light flickering behind the sheer curtains in a round window. Perhaps it's the lamp the caretaker mentioned, you think. Sitting here in the evening gloom, the house feels old 
enchanting, and quite formidable. Looking down, you see you've been holding on to the key quite firmly. It leaves a slight imprint on your palm as you loosen your grip. It's just you and me tonight, you whisper to the house. Then you make your way up to the door, insert the key, and step inside, just as the first drops of rain begin to fall. Upon entering, you are greeted by a dim flash of light. Electric candles flicker to life along the walls. Strange, you think, you didn't flip a light switch, and the entry hall seemed to be dark when you were standing outside. Perhaps you just didn't notice the light through the thick, leaded, stained glass windows. You set your bag down and take a look around. The walls are a rich, dark wood filled with unique recesses, protrusions, and other curious accents. The ceiling is white here, with detailed molding. The floor is also wood, covered in a heavy crimson rug, splashed with curlicues in blue and green. A red velvet chaise lounge sits in the right corner. To your left is a wall-to-wall bookshelf, filled with old, leather-bound books, whose spines are stamped with gold, silver, and black lettering. Their aging paper and binding gives off a particular scent, not quite dusty or mildewy, but a familiar, old smell. It would seem to be a perfectly normal entry hall, save for one peculiarity. This is the extent of it. You can see no other doors, nor windows, nor stairs. The entry hall appears to be a dead end. How curious, you think. There must be a way to get to the rest of the house. You begin to inspect the room for any signs you might have missed, or even a note from the groundskeeper explaining that you should use a back door instead. You run your fingers across the wood of the walls. It's smooth and highly polished. Your fingertips bump over the ridges and dips where it's been elegantly shaped. What wonderful craftsmanship, you think to yourself. Reaching the enormous bookcase, you move your fingers over the leather-bound tomes. There are a few classic mystery novels you recognize, along with history books and a few about old houses like this one. Perched on a shelf at eye height is an ornate silver candlestick. You can't help but touch the spindly, spider-webbed patterns 
of its hefty base. As your skin meets the metal, a crack of thunder sounds outside the house. A bolt of lightning flashes through the front window, and the bookcase begins to move. Slowly, it slides open to reveal a long corridor. This must lead to the rest of the house, you realize. You turn around to pick up your bag and see that it's now resting on the chaise lounge. You're nearly certain you left it on the floor, but perhaps not. With your bag in hand, you step through the opening in the bookcase. The same wooden floors are here, lined with elegant crimson rugs. The thick material masks your footsteps. The house is silent. The only thing you hear is the muffled sound of the rain pattering against the windows and roof accompanied by furtive rumbles of thunder and quick flashes of lightning. Making your way down the corridor, you see a few portraits hanging on the walls. There's an elegant woman in a black gown and pearl necklace, a man in a top hat, and even a painting of a dog sitting near a chair. As you pass by each portrait, you notice the people's eyes seem to follow you. Pausing, you step backwards and then forwards. Backwards and forwards. The portraits appear to observe your strange movements. It must be an optical illusion, you realize. Some trick employed by the painter to make the portraits more lifelike. You give a quick nod to the dog and then smile to yourself. Painted or not, animals can be such a comfort in unfamiliar spaces, you think. When you reach the end of the corridor, you find yourself in an odd sort of central space. In every direction, there are rooms or additional corridors to choose from. In this middle hall, there's something you never expected to find. An old-fashioned bar. Tall wooden stools stand in a line beneath a counter. Behind it are rows of glasses in all shapes and sizes, arranged in front of a wide mirror. The ceiling in this hall is different from the others you've seen. It's covered in pressed tin, which boasts elegant patterns and lends a sort of gloomy shine to the room. You wonder if the people who lived here before used to host grand parties. This space is so central 
it's the perfect location for people to gather and chat. You can imagine guests in elegant, old-fashioned dresses and suits sitting here or milling about, moving from room to room. As you're daydreaming, you catch a flash of movement out of the corner of your eye. Turning towards it, you find the hall is still empty. For a moment, you thought you saw the heavy fabric of a long skirt moving through a doorway, but it was probably just a trick of light. Moving on from the bar, you make a left into a small chamber only big enough for a piano, a few stools, a wingback chair, and a tall standing table. Softly, you run your fingertips over the yellowing keys of the piano. They plunk down gently under your touch, sending solitary notes into the room. You can imagine how wonderful it must have been to sit in such an intimate space listening to someone playing a long, moving piece. With a sigh and a last glimpse of the piano, you turn and continue to the next room. Here, you find a treasure trove of books, countless volumes bound in red, green, and blue, standing at attention on wall-to-wall bookshelves. Their pages are yellowing, and some of their spines have cracked, but they are beautiful nonetheless. You find books on geography and history, along with famous novels. In one corner of the bookshelf, you spot a heavy tome with a black spine and shiny silver lettering. Victorian Ghost Stories, the title reads. Outside, a boom of thunder rattles the windows. It's followed by a bolt of lightning that illuminates the white curtains. Even though it's a pleasant temperature in the house, you feel the urge to pull your jacket around yourself once again. Having seen all there is to see here, you leave the library and head back into the central hall. Resting your elbows on the bar, you stifle a yawn. You hadn't realized how sleepy you were until you began exploring the house. Now, What you'd really like to do is have a good, long rest. Your friend will be arriving early tomorrow, just in time for breakfast. You smile at the prospect of getting a full night of sleep once you find your room. You've seen the piano room and the library, but off to the right is another corridor. Third time's the charm, 
you whisper to yourself. As you're heading for the unexplored territory, you think you hear a faint sound coming from behind you. Pausing for a moment, you close your eyes and listen carefully. Yes, you think to yourself, that's the unmistakable sound of a piano. You turn back, walking past the bar and into the music room. When you enter, you feel some cool air that you hadn't noticed before. It flows over the skin on your arms, raising tiny goosebumps. Old houses can be drafty, you remind yourself, mentally making a note to close any windows you might find open. Cool temperatures aside, the room is just as you left it. The piano and the furniture are all undisturbed. You shrug and leave the room. It was probably just the storm, you tell yourself. It's time to find where you'll be sleeping tonight. Crossing the central hall, you soon reach the second corridor. This one is shorter than the first, leading directly to a staircase. With your bag now slung over your shoulder, you begin to climb the red carpet-covered stairs. It feels regal exploring this vast and strange house alone. Part of you wishes your friend was here, but you're enjoying having the manor all to yourself tonight, too. At the top of the stairs, you realize you've reached the living quarters. There are five rooms, all roughly the same size, arranged in a semicircle around the same kind of central hall. Just then, you recall the flickering of the light you'd seen through the window outside. You're nearly positive that once you find that oil lamp, you'll find your bed for the night. You peer into the first room and see it's been done up for a child. There's a tiny bed, much smaller than those for adults, a few toys, and a little white wooden rocking horse. Somehow, the same draft that found you downstairs has made its way up here. A hint of cool air moves around the room, and the small wooden horse rocks ever so slightly. You smile, thinking of what a perfect room this would be for any lucky child. Moving on to the next room, you find it nearly empty. There are no furnishings here, just a built-in bookcase that's been left bare. The walls are painted the same white as downstairs, and the ceiling has ornate molding. 
the only object in the room is a large, dark painting hanging above the unlit fireplace. You hear a rumble of thunder in the distance. Soon it's followed by a flash of lightning. The flash illuminates the whole room in an instant, allowing you to see even the smallest details of the painting in stark relief. You realize the painting is of this very house, Sleepy Hill Manor, on a dark and stormy night just like this one. The details are so fine, you can make out individual raindrops pounding on the windows, as they are at this very moment. Once the brilliance of the flash subsides, you're left standing in the half-dark room. There's something about the painting that leaves you feeling strange. Maybe it's too large for the wall it's on, or perhaps the details are a little too realistic, or maybe it's that even once the flash of light was gone, you still thought you could see the flickering of a single light in one of the upstairs rooms. A gentle creaking sound brings you out of your reverie. At first, you think it's footsteps on the stairs, but you soon realize it's just the sound of a tree branch scratching at a window with every gust of wind. Taking your bag, you hope the next room will be yours. You cross the broad central hall and make your way into a large bedroom overlooking the front of the house. The room is dark save for a single oil lamp sitting in the window. Behind it, streaks of rain run down the glass, like a thousand tiny rivers flowing over hills and valleys. You smile. You've found your bed for the night. You flick on the electric light switch, flooding the room with a soft yellow glow. Then you turn and close the door behind you. There's a small silver key in the lock, and you turn it until you hear a gentle click. You take a moment to appreciate how unique this space is before getting ready for bed. It has the same crimson carpeting and elegant white walls and ceiling. Near the door stands a display case with several tiny knickknacks arranged on glass shelves. You spot an old playbill from a theatre production, a spyglass, a deck of playing cards, and more. A large clawfoot tub sits near the door to the bathroom. You also have your own chaise lounge, as well as a large, rich red 
velvet armchair and mahogany writing table. The bed looks inviting too, covered in crisp white sheets. You can't wait any longer to lie down. You change into your pajamas and brush your teeth in your private bathroom. Then you flick off the electric lights. The room grows dark, save for the single oil lamp in the window. You carefully walk over to it and extinguish it as well. Then you draw the curtains and slide into bed. The cool sheets envelop your body. At first they feel chilly, but soon you're nice and warm and cozy. What a strange and fascinating old place this is, you think to yourself. You're excited your friend will be arriving in the morning. There's so much more to explore, both in the house and on the grounds. Before you know it, you feel your eyelids growing heavy and your eyes beginning to close. The rain patters against the windows. Every so often, a rumble of thunder sounds in the distance. And just as you're starting to drift off to sleep, you think you can almost hear a few solitary notes from an old piano floating through the air here at Sleepy Hill Manor on this dark and stormy night.